Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Jenny Whittington, Executive Director of Ermia, and welcome to our podcast, Ermia Matters. Today, we have with us in the studio our board secretary, Sue Lydon. I've known Sue for a long, long time, and today we're going to talk a little bit about the 2019 annual conference in Boston, where she was part of a panel who did a session called New Solo or small staff tips to identify and dispatch risks. It's <laughs> a mouthful. <laughs> so thanks, Sue, for being here. I know this this session was a bit of a labor of love. And there, why don't you just tell us first about who was involved in the session, and then we'll go from there. Well, Mark Logel from University of Southern Indiana, or Southern Indiana University. I always get it confused. I think it's Southern Indiana. I think it's Southern Indiana. It was his idea for the presentation, so he asked if I would join him. And we also had Christine Wolinski from EIIA and Bill Powell from Gallagher presented our two brokers. So Yeah, so it was a nice combination of two small privates and two brokers, right? Right, because Mark had previously been the risk manager at University of Evansville. That's right. And Evansville, for everyone who's listening, just beat Kentucky in basketball last night. So go Evansville (laughs) as a Hoosier. (laughs) I had to get that in there. So Sue, tell us about the conference session and give us the highlights. Well, our idea was to help people who were new to risk management, remembering when Mark and I had been new, to help identify some key factors, tips to being able to do the job when you're in office of one, and if that person is even full-time risk management, to kind of give you some tips and tricks of what to do and how to rely on your brokers for assistance. That's terrific. And I know, I mean, out of Ermia's 600 institutions, 775 campuses, I would say a third of our members fall into that category where it's a very small staff. I mean, they might have a tiny bit of support from someone on campus, but you're pretty common. And I don't know if your session was the most popular one during that breakout session, but I think we put you in the biggest room because we predicted you would have a very large crowd. Was that true? It was. It was a packed room and it was a great group of people asking good questions. So it was it was a fun presentation. So how did the presentation go? Who kicked it off? Was uh, it Mark? Yeah, Mark and I kicked it off talking about tips and tricks that we learned, how to identify our campus partners, issues that we would run into, and then our brokers, Bill and Christine, then helped provide some of the information about the various types of insurance coverage that you should have as a small institution. Okay. What were some of the notable questions that you had? Um, I think identifying your campus partners and helping to figure out who, since you're in Office of One, who you can work with to identify those risks and mitigate those risks. For example, at PLU, I work closely with our athletics department and our director of student clubs and organizations to help figure out where those risks are and what we need to do to help the students do what they want to do, but to do it safely. That makes really good sense. And I've I've definitely heard that over the years. I remember I heard Christine Ike a long time ago. She partnered with her auditor, And they had done kind of a pilot program with their athletics department because they knew they had some allies there that wanted to to get some risk management kind of tasks done. So is that kind of similar with your experience? It is. And boy, I've learned once you help and work through an issue with a campus partner, then they'll keep coming back to you um, asking for more assistance and everything. So, And they'll give you a heads up. Our campus safety folks, for instance, are great at letting me know when something's happening that I need to know about. 
I'll go, in case you didn't know, I'll get an email. That's terrific. Now, do you guys use any software solutions to track any of that? Or is it mostly just regular email and regular just, channels? Yeah, due to limited budget, it's regular emails or I keep a spreadsheet. Okay, so out of the partners that you have on campus, you mentioned safety. Were there others? Safety, athletics, student life, our international study abroad. We have a lot of risk there, so managing that. I find the administrative assistance to our academic departments are great resources because the faculty members will go to them and ask them how to do something so they'll guide them to me if they need to have a waiver or if they have a contract that no, they shouldn't be signing a contract. So That's a terrific resource, I bet, and a great network to get to know on campus because a lot of times they are the first on and the, the people that really get some of the work done. Definitely. Okay, so we talked about some of your allies on campus, some of the partners. So tell me a little bit about an average day for Sue Leiden being a, a solo risk manager. I know a lot of our days get hijacked early on, and I'm sure yours do, but I mean, can you just tell me about a recent day of how your, your day started and ended up? Well, I usually get to work at about an hour before anybody else does so that I can get through some emails and contracts without interruptions, and then you just... I've got about four different claims going on right now, so it's managing those claims because I don't have somebody who does that for me. I'm occasionally fielding a call from a student or a parent, which I know at the bigger schools I've had colleagues say, you talk to parents, (laughs) students, and I do, so it's letting them know we hear their concern and that we're addressing it. I review all the contracts for the university, so I usually block out about an hour or two a day to do that, and then it's getting out and about and walking around campus to see what's going on and where I can um, help or where people don't know they need help, but I can insert myself. That's terrific. And I know you're still involved in your board, your governance. Are you still serving as the board secretary? I'm not the board secretary. I'm the recorder for our budget finance audit and compliance committee, our investment committee, And then our real property committee, and I also manage rental properties for the university, so I report to the real property committee. And I also report on insurance issues to our budget finance audit and compliance committee. So I get to meet with them three times a year at our on-campus meetings. And then that involves your board of trustees, too? Our board of regents is our board of trustees. sorry. Yeah, (laughs) different names, different schools call them different things. And how big is that board? How is that structured? There are, I believe, 35 members of their, it depends, they come from our ELCA churches, members at large, it's a variety, the bylaws direct who does what, nah, off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you, but it's 35 members, community members, and some pastors from local, the Northwest churches. Okay. And they meet monthly? Is that No, they meet three times a year. Okay, okay. So they meet three times a year, the investment committee meets quarterly to review the investment portfolio. Well, I've always thought you had a really interesting lens because you get to do, you kind of get to do the boots on the ground risk management activities, and then you get to see from the high level too, which I think gives you a really good perspective. It is. It's interesting to see what the board members key in on is usually different than what we're looking at on the ground because they come from the business side. So sometimes folks will think they're going to be so interested about one thing and that's they're asking questions completely different than what we prepared for. So we've learned to be flexible. 
And I've always thought it is a great opportunity when a risk manager gets to be involved in any of those meetings you just talked about, because in the larger institutions, you know, the time is just so limited. So I think it's a great opportunity for you. And remind me how you got into risk management. Purely by accident, I was serving as senior administrative assistant for the vice president for finance and operations at the time. And the individual who did a portion of what I do now moved to a different job and they asked me if I wanted the job. And I said I had no experience and was told I would learn. And (laughs) my membership with Ermia has been a great asset. That's how I figured out what I didn't know. That is so great to hear. And I've heard that similar story from other members in the past. And we're certainly happy that you're part of our leadership team. Is there anything else from the annual conference presentation this year that you want to highlight? If you're a small institution, using your brokers as an extension of your risk management department, I think is key. I rely on our broker, EIIA. When I have an issue, they can advocate with me with our insurance regarding claims or coverage that we need. When I'm not sure how to address a risk, I can contact them and they have plenty of resources that on top of the Ermia ones, I can have their resources to help uh, figure out a solution. And if I happen to be out for an extended period of time, then I don't have a backup in my office. So I just leave our contact information for our risk director at EIA, and people can call them to get a claim started, to get a contract reviewed, anything like that. That's terrific. I didn't know that kind of service existed. So that's really good to know. And I I mean, I know from working for Ermia for so long that our institutional members have very unique and close relationships with their broker partner. So I think that is a great solution. Mm -hmm. I mean, to hook people up with the resources that those brokers can definitely represent. Yeah, and I'll bring them on campus to if I'm having a sticky issue or people aren't taking me seriously about what I when I'm can have a concern about something, I'll bring them on campus and they'll sit and meet with folks and just kind of be my backup. That's terrific. I love that. Okay, and I also wanted to ask you about what else you enjoyed at the Boston conference this year. What were some of your other favorite sessions? The session, the general session on the marathon bombing was so helpful. I was so thankful they were willing to share their experiences and their lessons learned, and it helped me go back and talk with our emergency programs folks and kind of relay some of the things that we need to focus on when we're doing our planning and establishing those connections with our community partners before an incident occurs. Yeah, that was a big takeaway for me, too. I think one of the presenters said, you know, that's not the day to pass out business cards. You need to have that relationship already in the bank, and when bad things happen, that you're able to support each other. Mm -hmm. What was another one of your favorite sessions? The institutional roundtable. I went to the small institution roundtable, and it's a great opportunity to identify who your peers are and connect with them so that when you have an issue post it on the Ermia discussion group, but you can also reach out directly for resources. So if I have an issue and I need a policy or something, I know now I can um, go to Santa Clara University and ask my friend and colleague Sam Florio for his example versus Gary Langsdale's stuff at University Pennsylvania or Penn State, oops, sorry, Gary, might be a great resource, but it's a much larger institution. So, yeah, that's at the roundtables that we offer at the annual conference. I've heard 
great feedback those so over the year and it actually has come up recently where we've talked about how to get that level of question answered on the community because the community goes to all of our members all the institutional members or all of our members comprehensively but and what I suggested that if you have a question that you want the an answer from just a particular demographic is to put it in the subject line if you're only looking for answers from schools with under 2000 FTE put it in the subject line and know that it you know, the answer from the big schools might not be as helpful. But what I've also found over the years is sometimes those solutions are scalable. Or maybe you can get support from your broker to do this, that, or the other. So I think there's not a right or a wrong way to ask a question. But if you're looking for a specific list of people in in the ERMI office can always help you with that too. If you have a very specific ask and you want to know who's actually in your membership tier of ERMIA, we can work with you on that. Right. Any other sessions that you want to highlight? Uh, Probably the other one, the records retention and disclosure session was very helpful because I review all requests for records to go out for the university, especially if it's a subpoena for a record. So it's helpful to have that. And I always send them off to our attorney for review, but also the retention and knowing that if you have a retention policy, follow it. Otherwise, you can get into lots of trouble, which is a key point to get across to folks that if our file says we're going to delete that record or destroy it after seven years, you better do it. Or if you only do some of them and not all of them, then you're in trouble. Yeah, that is a great session. I'm glad you brought that up. We actually had partnered with NACUA, our sister association in the legal world, and they had recommended Jerry Blakemore be a speaker. So I'm really glad that that session was well received from you. Well, Sue, thank you so much for being my guest today on Ermia Matters. Really appreciate your time and all that you've done for Ermia over the years. You've been a a wonderful volunteer. So that's it for today, folks. Thank Thank you. you. The Ermia Matters podcast is brought to you by the University Risk Management and Insurance Association. You can find and subscribe to the podcast on any podcast app. And while you're there, we'd appreciate it if you'd give us a five-star review. And be sure to visit www.ermia.org. That's www.urmia.org to check out our wealth of online resources. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.